Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Becky, let me smash. Let me smash, please. <laughs> Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you, you listen, listen to podcasts. podcasts. For all of your info, including <laughs> links to our community Discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host yeah. of other great entertainment, please visit HoneyHouse.com. That's right. Get your fucking ass in Discord. What the hell? What's wrong with you? Stop! Stop! Stop it! Stop it! Get 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 some help. Stop it! Stop it! Stop! Stop it! Get 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 some help. <laughs> the remix. What's up, y'all? How are you doing? Hey, why doesn't my number one work? Why is my button not work? I want to switch my cams. There we are. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? There it works. Jeez. Good to see you all. Hope you're doing well. Episode 39. This is Heine House Live. Uh, and we're recording January 19th, 2020. It is so good to see y'all. Thanks so much for spending your day, morning, evening, night with me. Um, yeah, man, I just want to... Before we get into the episode, I just want to say uh, thank everyone. Thank you so much to all of the wonderful friends and listeners um, of this show. My three and a half hour, 10 year retrospective recap video and podcast episode that I did last episode was very, uh, for me, it was awesome. It was very freeing. It was very, um, candid and I felt great saying what I did and talking about everything. It just, after I was done, I felt such weight lifted off of me. And in a way I feel like I can proceed with a clear mind, clear vision. And I just feel overall very, very good about it. I've been getting messages on social media, on the YouTube comments, um, on the YouTube premiere when we premiered it. And in Discord and in other places of people taking bits and pieces that they heard that sparked something. And then they wrote me and we talked about it. And that has been really, really awesome. Um, that means so much to me. Really, really does. So thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad that uh, that inspired some of you and uh, that we all can travel this road together. Thank you. So good, but we're going to continue on and bring you an excellent other episode here. And we have, we have gaming news. I actually have quite a bit of tech to talk about. My tech section is pretty good. I got this week in gaming history on the list here and um, yeah, then that's it. And then we're going to wrap it up and put a pretty little bow on it. But before we get into the show, of course, folks, I want to thank everyone on this list you see right here on the screen patreon.com slash Jason Heine. That is me. And that's my Patreon page. Folks, the show is here because of your support on Patreon. Man, I would really love to grow. I would love to get it up to 50 patrons. I, I'm, I'm calling it out there. I'm putting it out there. We're, we're just under 30 right now. Would love to get it to 50. Even if you swing in here at five bucks a month, the, co the cost of one coffee a month, that's what it is. And that really helps me continue to grow the channel, grow the podcast, grow the business here. So thank you so much. All these amazing people you see on your screen are already in 
the Heine House doing the damn thing. In fact, we've really been hitting uh, Patreon hard. I've been pumping out behind the scenes stuff, update car vlogs. In fact, just posted another one yesterday. There's like, what, 50 or 60 videos uh, that you, if you join, you can go back and rewatch. They're all there. Uh, all the videos dating back to uh, shit when I joined Patreon 2014. Oh my goodness. Uh, and of course, the after party's been kicking. We did an after party video uh, last uh, last week. I did an after party, which is Patreon exclusive. I talked about my most anticipated games of 2020. And we talked about them. We watched trailers. I kind of went in depth. It was about 45 minutes long. It's a video just like this, like you're seeing. And we talked about that. So I, I spend a little more time and I do things in the after party that I can't do on the show here where I want to invest some extra time. And that's what I do. And I give that exclusive to patrons. Uh, and that was last week. We have tons of stuff coming in the future. So um, yes, it's going to be fantastic. I, and I show behind the scenes stuff that you don't get anywhere else. So um, hey, feeling good. We're going to move forward and do some awesome stuff. Also, if you want to hit me up, 503-908-5490 is the phone number. I don't have any voicemails right now, but that is the voicemail hotline. Yes, call me up. Chat with me. Tell me something. Tell me a story. Tell me Tell me what your... Uh, we're going to talk about this later on in the episode, but tell me what your 2020 gaming goals are. I actually have a top five goals that I'm going to try to do this year in my gaming life. And we're going to talk about them later on in the show. It's going to be a good episode. Got a lot of stuff going on, but I'd love to hear from you. So that's spoiler alert. I'm just getting out of the way. 503-908-5490. Pause the podcast right now. Call it. Send me a voicemail. Let me know what your gaming goals are for 2020, and we'll get it on the show. We'll talk about it next time. Uh, some random news to jump into the show here. It's getting pretty hairy for a Harry Potter individual in England. Oh, was that, was that, was that not good? Let me smash. No. Uh, um, an employee of the Harry Potter studio tour. The gentleman's name is Adam Hill, who stole more than $48,000 worth of magical Harry Potter merchandise was caught after colleagues were noticing these items accumulating under his desk. What the fuck? <laughs> Bruh. That needs a bruh. Uh, Adam Hill stole Harry Potter merchandise, including wands, ties, badges, key rings, and so much more from the Warner Brothers studio stockroom between December 2017 and March 2018. <sighs> and then went and advertised them and sold them on his eBay account. The Crown Prosecution Service said in a statement on Friday... That these thefts were discovered after colleagues noticed Harry Potter uh, merch and appearing and then disappearing under his desk. Internal investigation found that Hill had sold more than 1,040, 1,040 items of Harry Potter items through his eBay account. And a search of his car revealed 12 packages and merch ready to be posted. Hill pleaded guilty to the theft uh, in November of 2019 it was sentenced to 14 months in prison and then sentenced 18 months and 250 hours of unpaid work wow bruh you are fucked that's crazy uh yum brands you guys know yum brands 
Do we? Maybe not. You may have, you may know their restaurants. You ever heard of Taco Bell? Maybe you heard of KFC. You ever heard of Pizza Hut? Well, if you heard any of those, that's owned by a company called Yum Brands. Well, guess what? Yum Brands now has branched out of the pizza, chicken, and taco scene. They now own a burger joint. Yum Brands buys Habit Burger Grill. You may not have heard of that before. Um, we actually learned about Habit not too long ago, a couple of years, maybe three, oh, I guess maybe a little longer, maybe three or four years ago. Um, we tried it. Yeah, there's a few here local in Arizona, and uh, we liked it. We thought it was we thought it was good. I mean, it it wasn't like, oh my god, I gotta have it, gotta have it. But it it was good. Yeah, we liked it. But the thing is, is for us, it's very it's a long journey to get there. There's one really far away, so we don't crave it enough to like get in the car and just drive, you know, a long ways. But uh, but yeah, we liked it. But now Yum Brands uh, is a uh, is the owner of that. How about it? Maybe that means more burger joints will expand. Maybe they'll be showing up more and more. Uh, you never know. Never know. Might happen. Thought that was interesting news. Do you have a Do you have a, a habit burger in your area at all? I know. I know they're they're definitely a smaller chain, but uh, now that this merger has happened, maybe they'll expand. Uh, some other random stuff has been happening. Uh, awesome games done quick. That wrapped up last week. Uh, we love awesome games. Uh, AGDQ, fantastic stuff. We watch it every year or as much as we can anyway. And then we go back after the fact and watch the VODs because they're just so fun. And they really have tightened up their show over the years. And I'm really thankful for that. When they upload them to YouTube, like they they cut out all of the, like, the dead space in between. And uh, they just kind of get down to that nitty gritty. It's very good. And we love watching them. We'll sometimes put it on the TV and then go to sleep with that playing in the background. They're just, they're fantastic. But uh, yeah, the, this year they recorded a breaking, groundbreaking $3 million raised for cancer research. Absolutely unbelievable and wonderful. What a wonderful uh, charity there. Uh, yeah, so good. And shout out to my homie, Mr. Pete Dore. He was there this year speed running again. And we watch him every time. Would love to be on the couch with you there, Pete. That'd be awesome. My homie. I was out working in the garage today doing some stuff, uh, re kind of reorganizing some things, moving some boxes. I'm So here's a long story short. I have boxes in the garage of stuff that have, I have them, they've been out there for like ever. Not only have they been there forever, but they've moved with me from like two different places or like three different places. So what we're looking at is, Stuff that have been in boxes for like 15 years. And I'm like tripping because I'm like, why the fuck has it been in this box for 15 years? Do I need it? Can I get rid of it? Because these boxes are starting to deteriorate. And so I've started doing this a couple years ago. I'm going, I go to Costco or go to Home Depot or Lowe's and I purchase those big uh, black and yellow XL uh, 37 gallon bins. And uh, I'm trying to convert all the stuff that I want to keep and store it in the plastic bins, which is way more durable, uh, safer, um, pretty much like bug proof. Right. So um, that's smart, you know, and because I have I have a lot of I have a lot of cool stuff out there. I should have brought in like a top. Well, actually, oh, excuse me. I brought in a couple of things that you can see here that I found out there today. These are our original um, 80s uh, Super Mario characters look at this mario and bowser here i don't know if you can see them all that well but these are these are the original ones that came out a long long time ago 
Found those. Also found these tins. You probably can't see them. It's kind of bright. But I have a Nintendo Wii and a controller. Yeah, you can't see that at all. It's so bright. I'm doing. I'm recording this in the daytime, so it's a little brighter in here. Shoot me. Here's a PS3 tin. Here's a PS2. I got an Atari joystick. So I got some tins. Really cool. Found those out there. And a whole bunch of other stuff, too. Uh, a lot of stuff from PAX. PAX 11, PAX 12, PAX 13. Ah, oh, merch. Merch galore. Lots of cool stuff. Um, and then I was moving... I'm sorry. Here's story time. So then I was moving this fucking grid wall that I have. And I picked up this grid wall and I'm moving it. And why am I wearing sandals out there working in the garage? Oh, I don't know. Probably because it's the 80 degrees today in the desert. You know, it's nice out. It's wonderful. I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops out there. Anyway, I hit my toe on the fucking grid wall. And so... Yeah, so I sliced up my toe. And I'm like, come on now. So Steph, she wrapped it. <laughs> it's just, I should show you. No, I'm not going to show you my foot. That's, that's, I'm not going to do that. But she wrapped it, and it's nice. Uh, you know, it's great. I'm walking around here like freaking wrap toe, wrap toe McGee. At least, it didn't, and she said it best, at least it didn't hit the long toe. God forbid. Hit the long toe. We're going to have big problems. Uh, let's move on to some gaming news. How about that? Let's jump into it. enough enough about this toe talk. Uh, a new PS5 controller patent leaks. Yes, you probably some of this may be a little older news because I'm I'm a couple weeks behind. But um, you guys may have heard this already. A new patent filed by Sony um, in June was approved uh, approved actually on Boxing Day, uh, but it was discovered recently by a Dutch outlet. Let's go digital. You, you guys probably know them. They're the ones that have been posting a lot of these screenshots and leaks uh, for pretty much since the PS5's rumor inception here. Uh, this pat this new patent showcases a some new changes to the DualShock controller. Uh, the front of the, of the design of the controller confirms a few things that we have heard and seen before, such as lack of the home button and or the PlayStation, like the home button. Um, an expanded touchpad, which we've heard about, um, which actually I reported on er in an earlier episode. But what's interesting about this patent is that it shows the back of the controller, um, the back buttons, which have been added from existing DualShock 4 via a separate adapter, a little piece you can attach to it to give you little like buttons and triggers back there. This is something that looks like it's going to be a permanent addition to the PS5 controller. So this is actually pretty interesting. I'm going to go ahead and zoom in on this picture and I'm going to... Oh my goodness, this iPad is so laggy. Let's pop it over. Take a... The fuck? Come on now. I'm just having nothing but problems. There we go. There's the PlayStation DualShock controller update. So there are the uh, little buttons under there. So that that's probably going to be right where your middle fingers sit, right? I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, right? That's middle or ring, isn't it? Yeah, that's middle finger. Give him the middle finger. Give him the bird. Bird is the word. Up, 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 bird, bird, bird. A bird is the word. Up, 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 bird, bird, bird. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think um, when I played the Xbox One controller for the first time, that haptic feedback and vibration in the triggers, that was epic. Like, on playing racing games and feeling the road through the triggers... And like when wheels were slipping with grip through the controllers, that was a game changer. Like it's very nice. 
I'm still rocking the Xbox 360 controller on my PC and shit. Why? Because that's how I roll. I'm old school. But I do kind of like this. And I think this might be a uh, a nice thing. Is this is it my numlock? What the fuck? See, it, here, here it is, folks. This is what I do. I have my I have my camera scenes mapped to my numpad so that when I want to switch, I just one go back up up bird 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 is the word i got a new sound steph yep it's number six i wish you could hear it <laughs> becky let me smash let me smash please yeah we love that all right so yeah that's pretty cool that's good news there speaking of controllers how about a controller on a keychain? Let me smash. Let me smash. Please. A bit do. They're known for their high quality third party controllers. And now they're bringing one that is Bluetooth and very, very small. In fact, small enough to be small enough to be on your keychain. In fact, that'll come super handy if you're at a friend's place and you happen to need an extra controller and you want to play games. Maybe you want to, maybe you're on a flight, you know, you don't want to pull out the big old controller. You want to just have that on your keychain. Uh, or maybe you're over at your friend's house and they pull out smash. Let me smash, please. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Apidu says that it will have the absolute bare minimum no, uh, amount of buttons. It's going to be fully functional. It's great for 2D games. It has a full D-pad, four face buttons, two shoulder buttons, start and select button. Hey, that's what we had on Super Nintendo, okay? So it's fantastic. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, I got to actually have a picture. Wow, I have the lowest res picture on the internet for you. Why? Because I love you. And that's what I do. Look at that. That's the lowest res picture on Google. There you go. Let me smash. Please, Becky. But uh, yeah, that looks nice. I think that would be dope. Be cool to have. Oh, I forgot the most important part, folks. They're only 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I'd buy that for a dollar. Pretty good. I'm all for it. Yeah, Ape, Ape It Do. They make good stuff. Um, This was an interesting article. This is kind of more random than anything, and it should be probably in my random section. But I'll, I'll bring it up. Whatever. We'll talk about it. Fuck it. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, there was a survey that was done recently. This is kind of one of those like, holy shit moments. Like, uh, what kind of world are we living in moment? Like times actually, no, it's called times are changing moment in life. And so my title of this, if the Wi-Fi falters, Will you be helpless in real life? I, I mean, I wish I was joking, but uh, this is a reality. Uh, website studyfinds.org did a survey, a new survey that they did. They surveyed 1,000 American adults. And the, the results of this suggest that Google may be robbing an entire generation of people from doing DIY, simple, 
life tasks. This is kind of deep, I know. Basic home maintenance skills. Like, you know, fixing uh, a leaky toilet or hanging up a picture. Uh, you know, just real basic home stuff. Um, all in all, about two in five, a bit 38% of participants said that they are helpless and unable to fix any common household problem. Uh, the, the stuff they gave, the examples they gave is patching up drywall, fixing a running toilet, hanging up picture. They're unable to do that without the help of the internet, basically without doing it, a Google search or YouTube search. Uh, participants were asked about their ability to fix a variety of different house problems without turning to Google for help. And while close to half, about 43% said that they know how to unclog a drain, only 25% of the people know how to install drywall anchor. Uh, another 39% said that they can stop a running toilet all by themselves and 38% find can, and they said they can find a stud in the wall. Okay. Additionally, 31% know how to patch a hole in drywall and 29% said they can replace a washer uh, on a leaky faucet. Uh, you know, so this is, anyway, there's there's a whole bunch of gibberish stats there. The fact is, is that a reality is, is that I think people are turning to Google or the internet for everything. And they're finding that even though it's helpful, right, they're able to do stuff, they they're lacking the ability to just like to know how to do it like real basic stuff. And I, and I think this kind of a catch 22 here because also age is a big factor, right? I think the older you are, the less likely you're going to turn to the internet because you either know how to do it or, you know, it was just a different time. Like it's passed down right back in the day. Like, you know, your father, your grandfather, your mother, your grandmother, you know, like your uncle, your brother, you know, your family member, they taught you how to do it. You know, like they, you know, now it's like, uh, I don't know how to do it. Let me just look it up on YouTube, right? And that's reality. That's what's happening. Um, yeah, 85% of the survey participants over the age of 65 said they can accomplish at least one of the tasks on that list without the internet. That would make sense. Um, but you know what? It's really not the youngster's fault when you think about it. I mean, think about it. We have put tablets we've in their hands when they're, babies you know we've given them something to keep them occupied they're growing up in the age of technology this is just the fact of what it is um so i mean i don't think it's necessarily their fault i think and again i'm not here i'm not trying to give like parenting life lessons here i have no room to speak i don't have children i don't have i don't have um so i don't have any room to speak but i will say that if i were to have a child i think it would be in the parents parents best interest to Try to teach your child life lessons. Try to teach them basic maintenance. Try to teach them things to empower them and hopefully spark interest in some of this stuff. You know, and then they can hopefully run with that. I mean, there's no guarantee in any of this, but um, in the end, though, the internet is a fun tool. It's a fun, it's, it's a great tool to use as a resource to help educate yourself on things. Hey, look, I'm not, this isn't about knocking it. I, I'm guilty of it too. I've looked up tons of shit online. I feel honestly, folks, this is really, this is some shit here. I feel that 
because technology has come so far and there's so much out there, the resource, the resource pool is so massive. There is so much more information about anything and everything on the internet right now, way more than I had in elementary school, way more than I had in grade school um, or elementary school, grade school, same thing. See, I didn't even make it through it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, more than I had in high school, more than I had in college. It's all right here in front of you. And I've used it to help um, in lots of situations that I've been in. So, um, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Um I want to tell a story really quick. This is really funny. When I was reading this article, I was like, you know what? I remember a time, story time. Here's the story. We were in Disneyland. This was in the early 90s. I think we were actually there for the 35th anniversary. So this would have been what, 90, 91? I think it would have been 91. And we were at Disneyland and we were, it was in the morning. We were at our hotel and uh, we we're all getting up in the morning. Everyone's showering, getting ready for the day. It's going to be huge. We're going to spend the whole day at the park. It's going to be fantastic, right? That's Disneyland. Um, I won't name names. I won't name names, but somebody in the family clogged the toilet. Now, when you're in a hotel, pretty much any hotel you're in, they have one toilet. Well, there's five people in my family, all right? So we need to use a toilet. And I just remember somebody plugged the toilet. Well, let's just say my mom, just for, you know, for shits and giggles, no pun intended. She was in there and she was like, what if we flush it again? <laughs> it's, it's plugged, it's clogged, and the water is to the rim. But what if we flush it again? Maybe it will go down. And I remember this vividly because it scarred me for life. And I remember my dad saying to my mom, whatever you do, don't flush, don't flush the toilet. <laughs> We're all sitting in the room. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you hear the toilet flush. <laughs> the toilet flushes again. She's in there. And all I hear is my mom saying, oh, <laughs> it's going over. <laughs> it's going over. It's boiling over. The toilet was going over. And my dad was like, I told you not to flush it again. We have to get a plunger. There's no plunger. My dad gets on the phone. He calls the front office. He calls the front office. We're in sheer panic because the water, it's not stopping either. It's not stopping. Water's coming up. It's going over. It's going into the carpet that's right there by the door. The carpet's starting to get wet. The toilet's going. We're panicking. My dad gets on the phone. He calls down there to the front office. 911. Uh, uh, yeah, this is this is uh, Mr. Hine in uh, uh, 418. Uh, we we got a, a toilet overflowing and uh, we need a plunger. <laughs> we need a plunger. Oh, my goodness. I watched my dad. He slammed the phone down. He hung up the phone. He ran into the bathroom and I watched him go behind the toilet and turn the water valve off and the toilet stopped. 
And I learned, I'm crying. I'm, I'm just, I'm literally, I'm crying. It's so funny. And I, it was at that moment as a young boy watching this, looking at this, watching my dad jump in there and turn the toilet off, save, save the day. And, and I remember him saying this to me. He taught me, he taught me a very valuable lesson. It, unfortunately, it happened that our room flooded out. We had to move. We had to go to a different room. But he taught me, he goes, Jace, if the toilet ever starts to overflow like this and it doesn't stop, if something's broke, he said, this is the shutoff valve. You turn this and it turns the water off. You turn it this way, it goes on. This way, it goes off. And he taught me that at, I don't know, in 1990. I was a young boy. And so, man, it's just so fun. I just thought about that story. I, I just absolutely love telling that story because it's so funny. I think all of us, I think everyone, everyone who takes a shit in their life, which is everyone, has a moment where the toilet is overflowing and you're in sheer panic. And so I just think it's, I think it's so funny. What a lesson. <laughs> so freaking funny. Uh, man, I got some other stuff to talk about here. What? Oh, should we talk about, let's talk about this. Grand Theft Auto 4 was pulled from Steam during the holidays. Did you guys see this? You see what happened here? Did you go uh, to Steam and try to buy it over the holidays? And you were like, eh, disqualification, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Uh, yeah, you could not buy it. Something happened. People were all speculating. Oh, it was because of copyrights and licensing. Totally valid. Totally valid to think that because every fucking game that's like 10 years old or five years old, even they have some sort of licensing or copyright issues and they pull it. Th that is absolutely smart to think, but that was in fact, not the case. Uh, it's not licensing or any of that. Uh, it was, <laughs> can you believe this? Rockstar doesn't have any more product keys to sell because of a technical problem stemming from the now defunct games for windows live probably the worst fucking thing to ever happen to pc gaming was windows games for windows live and why doesn't microsoft help out with this shit man they just like shut it down fucking game spy that was probably number two you know i should make a list that should that that could be something fun to do like the top 10 worst things to happen to PC gaming. That would be a really funny episode to talk about. Um, a statement from Rockstar to Polygon, which is where this article came from. Quote, Grand Theft Auto was originally created for games for Windows Live platform. With Microsoft no longer supporting games for Windows Live, it is no longer possible to generate the additional keys needed to continue selling the current version of the game. We are looking at other options for distributing Grand Theft Auto for PC, and we'll share this information as soon as we can. Holy shit, man. Bless you, my dear. But the thing is, is they're going to have to pretty much, um, from what the article went on to say, is they're going to have to really dig deep into the game and rewrite a lot of stuff because it was built for that platform. Ugh, that's going to be really shitty. What a train wreck. That sucks. I feel bad for them. But wait a minute. Who is buying Grand Theft Auto over the holidays? Who doesn't already own that game? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Steph doesn't. She yelled. Me! <laughs> um, this was a really funny thing that happened last week. Some dude tries to get a round of Apex Legends in at the airport. Well, he's you know, just waiting for his flight. No big deal. 
except for the fact that he hijacked one of the terminal monitors that you have up. You know, the airport shows the terminal with the flights incoming, you know, arrivals, departures, has all that information there. Well, some dude was like, I think I'll just get a couple of rounds of Apex in. Uh, Pulled out his PS4, proceeds to plug it in, plugs into the TV, fires it up, connects his PS4 to the public Wi-Fi that's there, and starts playing. He hops into a sesh. Let's give it a few, let's do a few sessions here. What? It's really funny. It happened at the Portland International Airport, good old PDX, my hometown. Uh, Local radio station KXL and the Oregonian also reported this. Um, I got the article from Kotaku, uh, but this is very interesting. They uh, said that once he connected his console to the monitor, uh, it came up to sec- in the security office as a hijacking of the display. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Wait, where's my thing? Here we go. Whoop, whoop. Hijacking of a display. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Hijacking of a display. Apex Legends, PS4 connected. Uh, When approached and asked to unplug and cease using the monitors at the airport by the uh, security there, he reportedly asked very politely if he could finish his round. (laughs) No, you can't unplug it now. I mean, you're at the fucking airport. His request was denied. Actually, I got a screenshot of him sitting there at the airport. (laughs) There he is. He's just getting down. Look, someone took a photo of him. Oh, my goodness. Wow, he has his headphones on, too. I didn't notice that until right now. He has his fucking headphones on. He's getting it. He's getting it. I love this monitor above, too. Look, the monitor above has the whole fucking layout of the terminal. <laughs> oh, dude, that's, that's fucking awesome. What if I click somewhere else? Will it work if I do? I'm going to do some troubleshooting. Here we go. Nope. Nope. Okay, cool. No worries. I'll just do it with the mouse. Do it old school. Fuck it. We're doing it live. Uh, So... Before I wrap up gaming, I'm going to talk about my goals, my top five goals for 2020 in gaming. Uh, And then we'll do some week in gaming history. And then we'll jump into tech news. I told you it's a big episode. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Jam packed, full of stories. Um, So what are some of my goals? I sat down and I really thought about this. And number one, I will say in 2019, 2019 was a rough year for me in gaming as far as gaming is concerned, because I worked a lot of hours at my other job and I didn't have a whole lot of time to game. Not as much. I think I had less time to game in 2019 than I've ever had. And it felt really shitty. And, um, you know, we're working, we're grinding, we're trying to get stuff done. And that, that feels good. You know, I work hard. I want to play hard. Um, but I would like to make more time. Number one, before I get into my list here, I would like to make more time to game and play. Um, that's number one. So I kind of made a commitment to myself to not accept tons and tons of overtime. Um, you know, I did that last year to help pay down medical bills and stuff like that. And I was able to, and put the money towards that. And it feels really good, but also being away from Steph, being away from my home environment, you know, that's rough. 
And and again, I feel bad and I, I definitely I'm with you. Uh, if anyone else out there has to work tons of hours and overtime, I don't, uh, I don't like it. And so I, I feel for you. Um, so with that being said, with me trying to work less there and create more time to enjoy life, enjoy gaming, here are my top five goals that I put together that I'm going to uh, strive for in 2020. <clears throat> number one, or I guess number five, whatever. They're in really no order. They're honestly, they're not. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to do, um, I'm going to spend my passive gaming time with a new game. I'm going to try to do that more and more. Uh, passive gaming. Uh, that is when I'm stressed, I'm bored, I'm upset, I'm indecisive. When I have time to play and I'm in any of those things, that's kind of passive gaming. And when, what I do in my passive gaming, and I do this a lot, and I, I'm guilty of it because I, I like it's like a warm, comfortable blanket. I will go back to a game that is very comfortable to me, that I've mastered, that I love, that I've invested sometimes thousands of hours already into the game. I will play it again because it's comfortable, because it's safe, because it's it's fun. And I know it's fun. I don't have to invest any other energy to do it. But some would argue that when you do that, you're not really gaming. This is a tough argument to have. People look at gaming a lot, many, many different ways. You can argue, hey, well, you're not really like spending the time as wisely as you should. Play a new game, play something new, get a new experience. And I get that. And that's what my passive gaming, I want it to become. So that's what I want to do. Instead of going back to that comfy blanket and playing that fun game, I'm going to pick something. I'm going to maybe install something or maybe pop in a game that's, that I have laying around here on the shelf and play something new, something fun, and, you know, experiment with that. So that's, that's my number one goal. I'm going to try to fix my comfortable passive gaming. Um, another thing I'm going to try to do is I'm going to be more patient with games. I definitely find that I am not very patient with some of the games that I play where I may play them for a little bit, maybe half hour, an hour, give them a, maybe, maybe a night, maybe I give them a session. And then I don't give it time to, to marinate. I don't give it time for the story to kick in. I don't give it time for me to level up. I don't give it enough time to actually get into the game. You know, not all games give you everything at the very beginning. They, they let you work through it, expect you to invest some time and build it, build it out. So it's honestly, guys, it's like Skyrim. That's exactly it. All right. Remember that story? I jumped in the game. I was like, oh, yeah, here I go. I walked up to the fucking mountains and the abominable snowman killed me and I never played it again. I need to invest more time. I need to play that game. I need to have my hand held and we need to go through that game. So like that, that's, that's a prime example. That is real world example. That is me to a T. So there we go. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the thing is, too, is the reason why I may not be as patient with games is because. I grew up in the arcades and I grew up playing arcade games, uh, run and gun shooters, uh, you know, like NBA jam type, you know, um, uh, racing games. That's my, that's my jam. I love racing games, quick hit, boom, get in race, you know, high impact, high action, quick, 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 get out. You know what I mean? So, um, that's kind of like my bread and butter. That's kind of where I'm from that. And I played Atari 2600 growing up as a kid. <laughs> And those games, wow, there's something else. So, but I'm going to try to be more patient with my gaming. Um, another thing I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to play some different types of games, maybe some weird, maybe odd, maybe different type games. I mean, 
I, when I was thinking about this, I said, you know what? I tried to think about what are some really amazing moments that I had while gaming um, with something that's not typically what I would play. And I came up with a few ideas. When I played um, Car Mechanic Simulator, all right, now, the, this remember when I had a simulation craze that was like three or four years ago? That was a ton of fun. American Truck Simulator that I just played like almost as a joke, as a whim, right? is turning out to be one of like my favorite games to play and stream. And I am heavily upgrading what I'm doing there. I can't, I really should just tell you guys. Um, I did something there. We'll talk about it after. Um, and you know, stuff like that. But how about, um, uh, what's that goat game that I, was it called goat simulator? It was holy shit. All three are simulator games. Goat Simulator, I played that when I was running around, jumping on trampolines, jumping over homes, having fun, laughing my ass off. That was incredible. That's a game I, like, I would never normally play. But when I did, I had a blast. So, like, that sparked, okay, just, you got to just jump out, get out of your realm, and play kind of off-the-wall, random, crazy, fun games. You never know what you're going to find. You may you actually find some really cool games in there. So, I'm going to attempt to play more random, unknown uh, games. And... Indie games, too. Indie's really where it's at. That's where the good games are at. No lie. That's where the good shit's at. Um, and another thing I'm going to try to do is I'm going to play... I want uh, I talked about this earlier. I'm going to try to play more American Truck Simulator. I'm actually investing that promise by getting something that is going to upgrade my experience there. But it's not only going to be upgrading my experience with American Truck Simulator... It's going to be upgrading my whole experience while playing racing games. Um, I I did a thing, and um, I am really happy to say that I am in the process of putting together a sim rig uh, for PC, and it's going to have the seat and the whole assembly. It's going to have the monitor. It's it's got uh, well, I'm going to currently use my wheel that I have, my Momo wheel. It's got pedals. It's the full shebang, dude. It's so cool. And I've got my my speakers that I have already here. I'm using some of my old gear and I'm setting up speakers. So we've got sound and my amp is over here. And I've been working so much. Like, check my social media because you'll see I, I'm posting updates on this. And I'm rearranging and making some room for the cockpit. It's basically a racing sim cockpit. So very, very cool. It's happening. I've wanted one of these for so long. For so long fucking long even when i was a kid in the 90s playing on my consoles with a little with a little uh mad cat's wheel that like you put in your lap and you try to sit on it and get it to stay and i would like oh you know play and it would work but it really wouldn't work right and it would be all over the place and i was like man this would be amazing if you could actually have like a full cockpit like a full like be in the car i always wanted it ah it's one of the perks of being an adult it's coming together so i'm putting that together and uh, hopefully within, I would say, uh, I think it's going to take the parts all together up. I think, I think early uh, February or mid February is when everything is going to going to be fully coming together, but it's going to be so great. So anyway, there's a little spoiler alert. I threw that in there for you. So good stuff. Be on the lookout for that. American truck simulator is going to be fucking off the hook. And lastly, the thing I'm going to be doing, and this is not, necessarily like game playing like me actually playing related but i want to get back into producing more uh gaming and retro gaming videos on youtube 
And I've already started with that. And my next video that I'm working on right now is my top 20 Super Nintendo games, uh, my favorite Super Nintendo games. And I have that almost done. I have the whole script finally written. It's like 10 pages. It's going to be a huge video. It's very ambitious. It's going to take me back to like old school days when I used to review games and talk about that. It's really exciting. So be on the lookout for that. Um, so anyway, those are some things that um, those are some goals that I have in my mind. And when I'm sitting there and I, I come across any of this to where I'm thinking, am I, am I passive gaming? Am, am I not being patient enough? Uh, should I play something different? Should I just install a random game and play that I know nothing about? You know, when you're thinking about these things, go for it. Just embrace it. Let it happen. I think that is really, really great. It's something that I think will help spark, you know, you never know what you're going to find. You may find, you may find another goat simulator. You know what I mean? Like it may happen. You may, you may find that, that one game that just really sticks. All right. So that was uh gaming. We had a lot of great gaming stuff. So to wrap up gaming, how about, here we go this week in gaming history. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, it's been a little while. So here we go. January 19th. We're going January 19th through January 25th, taking us to the end of the month. You guys ready for this? This is the, the uh, in case there's some new listeners, uh, this is the part of the section, the segment of the podcast where I talk about games that have been released in the past during the week that this podcast comes out. So that's January 19th through January 25th. In the past. Here we go. In 1996, Police Knots on PS1 in Japan was released. In 2012, Wipeout 2048 on the Vita was released, also in Japan. And a couple years ago, in 2018, Kirby Battle Royale on 3DS was released. What happened to that game? What happened to that one? That just, no one, no one bought it or what? We heard about it. We thought it looked cool. And then nothing. What's going on? You play that one? Moving on to the next day, January 20th. In 2002, Medal of Honor Allied Assault on PC was released. I remember that day. I bought that game. Back when Medal of Honor was just so fucking good, man. Medal of Honor in those days were like so story-driven and just like they were just wonderful they were fun to play they weren't too difficult but they had enough to where you could explore and the action was great it was era specific and correct it was nice very nice uh 2015 resident evil hd remaster on ps3 ps4 360 and xbox one uh, picking them up, laying them down. On to the next day, January 21st in 1994, Super Mario Land 3, Wario's Land on Game Boy in Japan. <laughs> That's 1994. See, Nintendo is, even back then, still fucking up the names. <laughs> it's Super Mario Land 3, Wario's Land. Wait, what? Uh, how about 1998, Resident Evil 2 on PS1? Oh, man. Oh, I want to say, too, I, I put Resident Evil on here. I want to say that during this week that I did this, there was pretty much a Resident Evil game almost every day throughout the past during during the beginning of the years here. Like, late January, it's like Resident Evil month or something. Like, they released them all the time in January. It's insane. Uh, 1999, 
on January 21st, Snowboard Kids Plus on PS1 in Japan was released. Uh, how about also, same day, 1999, same year, Super Smash Bros. on the N64 in Japan was released. Let me smash, please. And in 2008, The Great Endless Ocean on Wii was released. I still like that game. Still love it. Great music. Love the exploration. We actually played it not too long ago. Maybe October of 2019, we played it. So I guess a little bit ago. Love that game. All right, next day, January 22nd in 2007, Burnout Paradise on PS3 was released. Released a little bit later on the PS3, but they sure got it. That's good. 2008, No More Heroes on Wii was released. That was the only two games that really stood out to me on that day. Next day, January 23rd, another kind of light day, but in 2002, Parappa the Rappa 2 on PS2 was released. Kick! Punch! And there it is in 2019 on January 23rd, Goat Simulator on Switch. What? What? Goat Simulator is on Switch? Why didn't I know about this? I'm going to have to get that. Love that game. Uh, next day, January 24th in 2000, Bionic Commando Elite Forces on Game Boy Color. I put that on here because uh, I love Bionic Commando on NES. I never played this on Game Boy Color. I didn't even know that they made one. So have any of you played that? I want to say, if, any, if you have, uh, you know, hit me up. Let me know how it is. That's very interesting. Uh, how about in 2000? Let's go make some crazy money with Crazy Taxi. On Dreamcast, yes, Crazy Taxi. Same day, same year. Boy, which one did you buy? Mario Party 2 on N64. What a day. That's some serious love for both, both consoles, man. You had, you had a Dreamcast, you had an N64. You were hooked up that day. It's a good one. And rounding out this week in gaming history on January 25th. Oh, I forgot to put the year. Final Fantasy 7. I don't know what year it was. <laughs> the, let's take a guess. 2004. 2006? I don't know. Let's guess. Final Fantasy 7 on PC was released. How about 2010? Uno on Wii. You know, the Wii has all those fun board games, card games. You know it. Oh, 2005. Playboy the Mansion on PS2. I know everyone had that one. Day one. <laughs> 2011, Dead Space 2 on PS3, 360, and PC, all on the same day. And to round it out, folks, January 25th in 2019, Resident Evil 2 on PC, PS4, Xbox One was released. Like I said, there was a Resident Evil game pretty much like every day throughout this entire week. Folks, thanks for listening to that section of this week in gaming history. Yep, 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 yep. I'm trying to like drink a lot of fluids and I'm trying to like, you know, get enough sleep and eat right because everyone at my work is fucking sick. Everyone is coughing and hacking and like they're coming into work when they're sick. Other my other uh coworkers are getting sick cuz they're they got it from them. They're calling out and I'm just like, "Bro," and I I get upset because I'm like, if you're sick, stay the fuck home. But I get it. 
They need the money. Fuck, we all need the money, right? I understand. I get it. I can't be mad at them for coming in. But it pisses me off because we're all going to get sick. I'm like a ticking time bomb. I'm like playing bomber, man. I feel like I'm fucking the, the little bomber just running around like, shit, that thing is going to blow. We are all fucked. Uh, I'm just waiting for it to happen. All right, we got some tech news up on deck. A lot of tech news, actually. Guys, I don't know how long this episode is. I'm not even keeping track, but... Um, yeah, a lot of cool tech stuff going on here. We'd love to talk about it. Um, some movies currently are disappearing from Disney plus without warning. Do you guys, okay. Who has Disney plus and have you noticed this? I would like to know because this is really fucky if they're doing it. Um, some Disney plus users noticed that a few films have gone missing. Uh, Dr. Doolittle pirates of the Caribbean on stranger tides, home alone, home alone Two, and the Sandlot also are no longer streamable on Disney plus. All these titles disappeared without warning. And so far, Disney, as of me writing this, Disney has not commented on those titles at all. Netflix, HBO, Hulu, and others put out monthly emails or statements or articles about the movies that they're going to be removing either in the following month or months. Um, sometimes, sometimes two or three months out. They'll even say like, hey, um, in... March, this is going to be going, you know, like they give you an update. Disney plus was like, ha, fuck you. I don't think so. We're just taking them boop, gone. So that's kind of shady. That would really be shitty, man. If you, I mean, come on, that's really, that's kind of shady. So have you guys noticed that? Let me know. Uh, I do have some CES stuff. This is the consumer electronics expo. Uh, this happened recently, uh, in Vegas and, um, they talk about all, all the big companies that they're talking about their next product. Uh, it's actually quite an event. Very, very cool. I'd love to go some year. Maybe I will. Uh, but so I do have some CES news. And I, I even have like some like what was cool at CES later on in the segment. Uh, but Segway was at CES and they introduced a new egg shaped Segway. It's their newest self-balancing vehicle. It will not require you to stand up. It's dubbed the S-Pod. The new egg-shaped two-wheeler from Segway is meant to let people sit while they effortlessly cruise around campuses, theme parks, airports, and maybe even cities. The company tells The Verge, who I got this article from, that the S-Pod will debut in the third quarter of 2020 and that it plans to sell it to the public after that, possibly in 2021. Segway did not say how much the S-Pod will cost, though. Probably going to be spendy. And here is a picture. Here's a little giffy jiffy of um, the S-Pod. I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. I don't know if you, I don't know if I'd feel like a dipshit in there or not. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, like, I mean, if that can wheel me around at like an airport or theme park or something where I don't want to like walk, that's pretty cool. But look at it. It's fucking huge. I don't know, man. It's basically a segue with a seat. You know, it uses the same type of technology it looks like. Pretty cool. Um, what else we got here? Oh, this is a really cool, interesting uh, article that I wanted to bring attention to. Google 
can now detect breast cancer better than some doctors. Yeah, this is an interesting article. Google says it has developed an artificial intelligence system that can detect the pres presence of breast cancer more accurately than doctors. Folks, we are moving towards this, and I want to fully embrace it. Doctor malpractice or errors from just the human error is very high. And, and I feel bad because every year there's so, first of all, I don't, fuck, I don't even want to get into it. I'm not really a big fan of the medical system here in the United States. Speaking firsthand here, not, not really a fan. So anywhere that like AI or computing or intelligence can be used like this to develop something that actually is either yes or no, like it, there's no discrepancy, you know, there's no like human error, like, oh, it may be no, like the AI, the, the technology, the data, it's this or it's that this is really great news. And, and I wanted to talk about this. I think it's fantastic. We're moving. This is huge. This is probably honestly, this is probably the biggest article in the podcast. And I think it's brilliant. Um, now, the program that Google was made uh, th that they made was trained to detect breast cancer using tens of thousands of mammogram data from women in the UK and United States. And early research of this shows it can produce more accurate detection than human radiologists. This is huge folks. Uh, according to the study that they did using the AI technology resulted in fewer false positives where tests suggest cancer is present when it isn't and false negatives where existing cancer goes undetected. That is huge. It's huge. Um, compared to human experts, the program reduced false positives by almost 6%, 5.7% in U.S. subjects and one2 for U.K. subjects. God, that's crazy. Almost 6% in the U.S. That just shows you that there's so many fucking U.S. doctors that, oh, God, that's frustrating. Uh, if... Uh, if reduced false negatives by 9.4 in the U.S. and U.S. subjects and 2.7% for U.K. subjects. So that's that's huge, man. Th those numbers are staggering. Uh, the AI system was more accurate despite it having less information and less time. Think about that. It was more accurate. It had less time and less data than what doctors have. And it was more accurate. It uses data such as uh, patient past, their history, uh, and prior mammogram data. I think it's huge. Absolutely think it's brilliant. And I think we should embrace any bit of this that we can. I don't give a shit what the doctors think. They need to incorporate this stuff because, you know, we need to be healthy. We need to have correct data. And you know what? Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I'm not going to get into it. I just think this is really good. It's fantastic. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than seeing someone you love go into the doctor and the doctor says, oh, you've got, uh, there's a possibility there might be cancer in there. And you're like, well, is it or is it not? And then what do you do? Then you play the fucking waiting game forever for the results to come back or the test to come back. Oh, mm, we need you. We're not really sure because we couldn't really, we need you to come back for more testing. 
I'm not making this shit up. This is how it works. And it's like, dude, if we could have some AI go in there and give us a, a definite, I think it's brilliant and we need it. Especially, if, I mean, everyone needs it. Samsung has made a super ultra wide gaming monitor. Okay. Okay. Um, what's it called? It's called the Odyssey G9. The Odyssey G9 Super Ultra Wide Monitor. Jesus, what a name. Uh, you know, eventually they're going to be named after Killer Instinct combos. You know, actually, I have shout out to uh, 2010 Jason Heine. I made a soundboard bucket with all of the Killer Instinct sounds in it. And I don't think I've really ever used them too much on any of my podcasts. But you know what? Today is the day. I made this bucket with all, I mean, I have, I, I have all these killer instinct sounds. I'm going to use them too. Okay. Samsung super ultra wide monitor. It's called the Odyssey G9. I think it's going to be named after the combo. So it's going to be, um, let's see if I can do this. Triple. Odyssey G9. Super. Odyssey G9. Awesome. Odyssey G9. Piper. Odyssey G9. Brutal. Odyssey G9. Oh shit. G9. Blaster. Odyssey G9. Monster. Odyssey G9. Odyssey G9. And then hold on, where is it? Odyssey G9. And then the the big one here. Odyssey G9. How was that? Was that good? Thank you. Thank you. Can I get a round of applause for that one? That was on the fly, on the spot. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Super ultra wide Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, okay. Odyssey G9, 240 frames a second, 5120 by 1440. Basically, it's two 24 inch monitors that are 16 by 9 ratio squashed together. That's what it is. Um, and curved for her pleasure. Uh, equals out to be an aspect ratio of 32 by 9. Does require double the work on your GPU, though. So unless you have a beast in there, don't even think about it. That high refresh rate, you know, some some games don't even run that. Or taking advantage of that, I mean, 240 frames a second. I mean, geez, man. I mean, yeah, down the road maybe. But hey, honestly, 144 is like rock solid. Like I'm I'm solid there. I'm solid at 144. So 240 seems crazy. Um, I don't know if I'd want to put the extra stress and load on there, but it's nice that they have it there, I guess. Um, yeah, so it does require extra work on your GPU. And uh, of course, a couple of things I just said there are some things to consider before you get it. Um, my current PC setup is that I have two 27-inch separate monitors put together. Uh, one's at an angle, one's head-on, and that seems to work just fine for me. I like having the monitors separate because they are separate entities and I can then allocate windows and programs and things on one while I then game on my main. If you have one monitor, you're going to have to rely on whatever software is in there for it to delegate that, right? Because you're going to, you don't want, sometimes you want your game to be just maybe half the screen, you know, half the 16 by nine and then the other half maybe broken up for other programs and things. So I don't know, that would get really, I don't know, man. I don't know that I'd even want something like that. 
I mean, a curved monitor, yes. Like if it's just used for one purpose only for gaming and that's it, like it runs the game, that's it, perfect. But if you're multitasking and doing other things, that can get kind of tricky. And I don't know about the software on that. Um, yeah, it's going to retail around a thousand bucks. Nope. I do have some really cool screenshots of it though. And I do think it looks fucking awesome. It looks like it's straight out of Halo. Look at that thing. Isn't that nice. Does look nice. Very clean. I love the I love the back of it. Look at that. No, not doesn't look like it's out of Halo. It looks like it's out of fucking portal. Look at that. And when you are not using it as a gaming monitor, folks, you can just put it on its back and sled down any hill in a snowstorm. It's also doubled as a sled, Charlie Brown. I'd buy that for a dollar. Um, that was also at CES. So speaking of CES, what happened at CES? What was cool? Impossible Foods. They were there. You know, the Impossible, uh, impossible Meat, which I've had and I actually really like. I think it's great. It's all plant-based. They introduced a new line into their Impossible series. Are you guys ready for it? It's called Impossible Pork. It's soy-based, has sunflower and coconut oil, and people say it's delicious. Something to check out. Samsung's Neon AI project is working on creating video chatbots that will behave like humans. Neon said its goal is to have realistic digital humans act as teachers healthcare advisors and assistants. For example, uh, and they will continuously learn and adapt to become unique companions. I saw some of the screenshots of the AI digital humans that they had, and they looked like real people. And I think this is a really interesting thing that uh, it's like iRobot. Here we go. They're going to take over the world. And I keep saying this. I keep saying this to our, our Google home that's in there. I, I keep Whenever I'm mad and I'm talking bad to it, I, I apologize. I'm like, you know what? When these robots take over the world, I'm the first they're going to kill. Like the Google home is going to come fucking walking in the door and being like, you yelled at me because I told you the incorrect weather for a different location. I will now kill you. Be like, but why? I already told you. Now you're dead. That's what's going to happen. Uh, TCL. That like random off brand, no brand coming out of nowhere, but making incredible products. Their TVs are great. They got Roku built in. They look really great. They're super affordable. Yeah, TCL. Uh, my brother actually bought a TV. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. Uh, they enter the phone world with a foldable phone. So now TCL enters the ring. Check that out. Uh, Black Shark 2 Pro Gaming Phone. That was also at CES. I thought was pretty cool. Yes, folks, we're going to start seeing pro gaming phones now. Phones that are designed around gaming. You may say to yourself, well, what the fuck? What, what on a phone would I use that? What, wait, what specs do I need on a phone for gaming? Well, how about a Qualcomm Snap? Qualcomm. <laughs> how about a Qualcomm Snapdragon 855 Plus processor um, clocked at 2.96 gigahertz, pretty fast. A direct touch uh, liquid cooling system. 
what? And a six by three nine inch uh, AMO LED Samsung uh, screen with 60 hertz refresh rate. Wow, holy shit. That was a tongue twister for me. That's a lot of specs. That is a pretty fantastic phone. No price or anything, but dude. Uh, yeah, your flappy birds are going to run pretty fucking well on it. I'll just tell you that right now. Um, Alienware was there. They introduced a prototype UFO portable handheld gaming console. Uh, basically a portable Windows. And I know everyone has seen this. It's been circulating for the last week, at least. Um, it looks a little bit like a Nintendo Switch uh, in the prototype version. You can tell it's a prototype. It's pretty rough around the edges, but it was functional and working. People could play it. Um, uh, what does this say here? Device for PC gamers from Alienware. It slides two paddle-like controllers onto either side of it. Um, it's basically like a Windows 10 type tablet uh, running portable Windows. Um, yeah, and it's going to run Windows games. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I don't know if we're going to actually see that, but it was a prototype. Pretty cool. Uh, and lastly, that I thought was pretty cool that I saw at CES was Charmin was there. What? All this poop talk. And then Charmin shows up. Yeah, you know, so the toilet was overflowing, right? It was overflowing. And then Charmin shows up. Charmin was there. They have something called a robot. Yeah, get it? Roll bot. Robot, robot. Okay, yeah, clever. Yeah, clever girl. Um, Think of it like this. You're on the shitter, and it's not overflowing. You're fine. You're on the shitter. And you happen to look down to your left or your right because it was emergency. You had to run in there quickly, pull it, drop trowel, and just get your business done. It was emergency. You didn't happen to notice that there was only one square left on that cardboard roll. Just one square of toilet paper left. And whoever left that there, they can fucking rot in hell. I'll say it. Because that's just mean. Well, you're out of TP. What are you going to do? Well, it's simple. Well, it's simple, Fred. <laughs> it's a quick popcorn popper. What you do is you pull out your phone and you launch the Charmin robot app. Yeah, you have an app on your phone for toilet paper. This is a real thing. And you tell the robot you need a roll of toilet paper. And the robot will bring it to you. It will just drive in. It's got two little wheels. It's got a little roll of toilet paper on the on the top. It just comes in. Do 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 do. Am am drops off the toilet paper, and uh, you're good to go. So you don't have to do a shit waddle. No more shit waddle. This is great. Think about it. How many times have we had to do the shit waddle? So I mean, I've never done it. I've never done it. Thanks for watching the show. I'm out of here. I'm just kidding. That's pretty funny. So it's a little robot that just drives in and brings you a roll of toilet paper. I would get one. I would get a robot, but I would unfortunately use it for other things because we never have a shortage. At least, I mean, I mean, we do, but not enough to warrant a robot for it. I would use it for, you know, to bring me like Doritos and Ices and things like that. If we can get it to open up the fridge and bring some drinks and stuff, that would be amazing. 
someday I'll go to CES and check out all that stuff in person. That would be awesome. Um, turn on the switch for rumors and speculations. It's a, cl it's a clever pun because it's about the Nintendo switch. It's a really stupid pun. Actually. I don't know why I wrote that. I just need to stop. Nintendo is reportedly working on an updated Nintendo switch to be released sometime in 2020. The, I don't like to report too much on like rumors and speculation. I've tried to stay away from it. The PS five has been like every day or something. And I know I report on some of this. You guys know that I try to report on stuff that's factual. Sometimes you can't always, but this has been circulating here. Um, a Taiwanese electronics newspaper called Digi times reported this, that they are working on it. And there's probably going to be some sort of release around mid 2020. <clears throat> so the rumors are flying. And I just want to, I just want to say about this is that yes, we are going to get some sort of new switch version, switch pro switch, whatever upgrade this new features, new colors, maybe a bundle. Yes. We're going to get this. Um, we have to understand something. The switch is quite a few years into its life now, which means that Nintendo. Okay. So here's the thing back when the Wii U was launched, Nintendo was doing an interview and I remember I was, who was it? it was Reggie. I think Reggie was talking about this and they were asking him about the timeline of like when it was developed, when the Wii U was developed or like, when did you start thinking that you wanted to make, um, put a screen in the controller type thing. They asked him a question like that. And I remember this stuck with me. Reggie said, Nintendo is always looking forward to their next console. And I remember he said this, he goes, after one year of a console launch with Nintendo, they begin planning and putting their new ideas and new consoles into, into play and putting it together. So think about that. So he was basically saying one year after the Wii's launch in 2006, in 2007, they began planning the Wii U. That's very, very fascinating. So basically what that means is when that switch was launched, we're already, we're well into a couple years of its life. They are already planning whatever their next console is. Now, whether that be a switch pro or, you know, like we had, we already just had the switch light come out. That was new, right? That was already in the works. I bet you they had that design already done when the switch was launched. It was already done. So they are, I think they're actively working on it. Yes. I don't think this is like big news. Yes. Nintendo's working on it. Um, same thing with Microsoft and Sony. They do the same thing, man. A year after the consoles launched, boom, they're, they're working on the next console trying to get that next gen shit. And then they, they slowly add to it as technology advances and as the timetable, you know, moves forward. Absolutely. It's pretty fascinating. I'm excited. I mean, I honestly, I hope that we get a, I hope we get a more powerful switch. I hope we get a maybe higher res switch, maybe better GPU, maybe processor, maybe it's able to handle uh, higher frame rates and I think, I mean, they need to redesign their Joy-Cons straight up. They need to fix that. That that's a, that is a uh, a flaw in the uh, system for sure. So hopefully they they do that. Should be good. Uh, what else I got here? Last on my list here uh, for some. Uh, this is actually also CES. I got CES stuff all over the place. Uh, Panasonic 
is going to be breaking free from the full head VR experience that we're so used to. Uh, all these companies are making VR that are basically big goggles, right? Or basically a mask that you wear over your head, goes on your forehead, goes around your head. Panasonic is doing something different. They are introducing, or at least currently working on, VR eyeglasses. Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, I have a screenshot I'll show you here in a minute. The eyeglasses sport micro OLED panels that eliminate the screen door effect, which is very, very nice. Uh, it does UHD resolution, usually 3840 by 2160 is what the resolution is. Very high. Um, though this is unclear if it covers one or both of the eyes. They weren't sure on the specs on that yet. Uh, those panels are also the first in the VR space to support HDR colors, which would help make virtual worlds more vivid. Definitely give it more dynamic range, contrast, brightness, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, I hope they make it into a, a real consumer product. They had some there they were showing off. Um, I think all of it is extremely exciting. And for me, I think this is a great, uh, this is a great bridge to gap the whole VR experience. I want VR. I'm interested in VR. I just also, you know, like investing the money to do it and then having the huge apparatus and everything that goes with it. It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, if we can get something that's small. Here, why don't I just show you these? Sorry, I'm talking about it. I want to show them to you. We talk about it. I think, oh, those cool. I think they look so cool. They look almost futuristic. Having something that is small like this that fits just over, like, glasses. And if you can get the same VR experience with that, hopefully the immersion is just as good. The nice thing about a full mask is that it covers, it goes all the way up to your forehead. It goes down by your nose. It blocks off the light everywhere. And it really, you know, puts you into that world. And I hope that these are able to achieve that. But uh, I would absolutely be interested in eyeglasses if that's the case, because lightweight, the form factor is very nice. And plus I think they look really cool. I mean, you may look like a, I think you may look like a bug, like bug-eyed when you're wearing them, but still, I think that's way cool. They, don't you think they look cool? I think it's kind of nice. Definitely be into it. All right, folks. Hey, hit me up on the voice voicemail. I want to hear from you. Talk. Tell me about your goals. What are your gaming goals this year? We have we have plenty of time. It's only January. Plenty of time, but think about it and give me like maybe just your top three. Give me your top three gaming goals. Send me a voicemail and I'll play it on the next episode. I'd love to hear from you. 503 90. That is the phone number. Call me up. 503-908-5490. Of course, check out the allnewheinyhouse.com. Recently redid it. It's brilliant. It's lovely. Everything is there. Check out the new album, Couple Skate. I got it right here on display. I just released that. I got physical copies there. Um, yeah, man. Good stuff. Everything is happening. Join the Discord. Join the community. Take part. Have fun with us. I love, I love uh, interacting with you guys chilling with you, hanging out, having a good time. I'm going to pull up uh yeah, you know, we're going to we're going to close the show. I'm going to play a song. That's what we always do. I play I play a song on the way out. And uh I'm going to do something fun here. Let me just pull up my uh I'm I'm going to stream this right from my uh Bandcamp page because uh oh, there's Mr. Jason. Mr. Jason Heine. There he is. Um, yeah, I'm going to play, uh, what have I not played? 
What have I not played that you guys want to hear? Huh? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? You know, let's do a drum cover. How about that? Let's do a video game drum cover. I'm going to play one of my favorite. You know, this is, this is one of my favorites. I mean, they're all really good. They're all really good. But off of my album, Video Game Drum Covers 2, boom, stage 2, I'm going to play this song right here. This is Drum Gear is Solid off of the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the show. We'll catch you next week. Give you a little uh, volume on the uh, tube there. The buildup on this, though, just letting it build.
Man. If that doesn't get your blood boiling, man, I don't know what does. Go, go download that whole album. It's absolutely free. Tipping is encouraged, of course, but check it out. Video Game Drum Covers, Stage 2, HeineHouse.com. Much love to you guys. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. We out of here.